Good day, everyone. My name is Tamara Michelle Dobbs. I wrote a book called Prayer When You Don't Have the Words, subtitled I'd Walked with Jesus. I am Christian-based, and at the same time, I have studied comparative religions all my life. Even starting as a little girl, I went to every church, every synagogue, every mosque, every religion that I could get to by walking in my little hometown or get somebody to drive me. And I've been doing that since the age four. At about the age three and a half, I had my first near-death experience. And this story is at the back of the book. And the reason this story is at there the were, back of the book is because this story is really not about me. It's about prayer. It's about hope. I wrote this book because a friend of mine came in to get a massage. I'm a licensed massage therapist. And her whole life was falling apart. This is a woman who had everything and she was losing everything. And I have another book that I've been wanting to write for years and have written and haven't completed. Anyway, my friend, she was in tears. And I realized I couldn't even touch her. I had to clear off her energy. And then I had to have, I asked if I could do a prayer for her. And as I'm doing the prayer, I'm clearing all of this negative energy and refilling her with love and light and hope. And when I finished the prayer, she said it was the most beautiful prayer she'd ever heard. And that my first book would actually be about prayer. And I thought about that for a while. A couple weeks went by and I got a phone call from a lady who was with a large publishing company, supposedly. And she said that she... Um, wanted to have me speak at her convention. I may sound a little monotone on this, but I'm actually a very vivacious and outgoing and bubbly person. And this is my first, my very first podcast. So I apologize if I come across monotone to start with, because I really don't know what I'm doing, which is um, not like me. I usually know everything that I'm doing. So anyway... This wonderful lady said, you need to write this book. And then this other lady calls up and said, I'd like you to speak at our convention. And I thought about it. And I said, oh, I'd love to. I'd be so honored. I've always wanted to speak at one of these conventions. And she said to me, well, are you available on such and such date? And I looked at my calendar and I was like, I'm sorry. I've already got airline tickets to go see my family. 
And she's like, well, that's disappointing. So have you finished your book? And I said, no, I'm actually going to start my book the end of June, beginning of July. And it's going to be done by 1st of August and in editor's hands. She went, fantastic. So here's my number. I also kept the number of the other, the one that she called from, as well as the one she gave me, and her name. And that was the very first time I'd ever heard that I was going to write this book. And I knew it was going to be the book on prayer. And over the next couple of months, I saved every penny I had. I squirreled away money. I worked extra hard. And it was getting time to leave, to go do my book. I had dreamt, I had prophetic dreams. I had dreamt that I was going to be a place close to um, a waterfall. And there would be mountains and so I thought, oh, I'm going, I'm going to go to North Georgia. I'm going to go to North Carolina. This is where I have family and I have friends. And as the day got closer, everything fell apart. Every penny started to go away. All the money I'd saved up disappeared. I had $86 and all of my bank accounts total. I had two paychecks coming, which would have covered my mortgage for one month. I was in panic mode. I went to help my uh, in-laws. Actually, they're not quite my in-laws, but they're my in-laws. We got married and it didn't get filed, but it's in God's eyes, we are married. And so I went to my in-laws, I'm going to call them that. And they were getting rid of one of the houses, one of the condos that I had written a prayer for to make it go away. And I knew that the house wasn't going to be there. The condo wasn't going to be there. They had given it to me to use to write my book. There are no waterfalls. There are no mountains in Florida. So <laughs> I, uh, I helped them set this place up and we went and had dinner and my mother-in-law said to me, Tamara, we need to talk about the condo. And I said, Marion, I already know what you're going to tell me. The condo is not for me. It's too close to my mate, your son. It's too close to all my worldly problems. I need to go someplace that is peaceful, quiet, and has no interruptions. And over the next 10 minutes, we came up with all these different places. I had a friend in Colorado. I said, I can't go to her. Her mother's dying. That would be not very peaceful. How about your friend in, in South Carolina? No, no, she just lost her son. I can't go there wrote a prayer for her. Uh, there were others. There was um, a place in North Carolina that I could have gone for $25 a day. Unfortunately, there was no access to the computer. It was first come, first serve. 
and it was outdoors and had outdoors bathrooms. Again, didn't sound like it would work for me. So Pop said, how about you go up to Quinnesec, Michigan to write the book? And I said, that's a long way to go from Naples, Florida, all the way up to Quinnesec, Michigan. He said, how important is it? Well, I looked at my schedule before I joined my family, and I realized that I had nothing going on. I had four massages over the next three weeks, and nothing after that. And I book out. I book out early. People want my massage. They want me to do energy work. They want me to do prayer work. They need me to need them. Pardon the pun. So then I looked at him and I said, I can be ready by next Tuesday. Now this was Sunday. So this is a week from that, from the Tuesday right after that. And he said, the place is yours for two weeks. We're going to be stopping. We're going to get the other property ready that we have to sell in Georgia and we're coming on up and then we're going to be there for the whole summer. And I was like, all right. So I got on the phone and I made several phone calls to dozens of people. Some of them came in and get, got massages. One lady said, Hey, can you stop in the lower peninsula? of um, the lower side of Michigan. And I said, certainly I can do that. She said, I'd like you to do four massages for my family and I'll pay for them now. Fabulous. Well, before it was over with, I had in those few days, I had enough money to cover all my bills through late August. What a blessing. What I learned there was I didn't trust. I kept thinking that I had to do it. I had to make the money. I had to bring in the money. And all that money that I worked so hard for just went poof. It went away. So then when I got all this money again, the last bit of it didn't come in till I, I got to the lower part of Michigan and ended up not doing four massages. I ended up doing five. It was quite an experience. Not only did I get to do that, I also got to ride some beautiful horses. I don't suggest that you travel as far as I did <laughs> and go horseback riding as soon as you arrive. It makes your hips hurt a lot. Anyway, I got up the next morning. I did my five massages. I ended up leaving by two o'clock and I finished driving up to Quinnesec, Michigan, where as I got there, I had some quite interesting surprises for myself. 
One of which is I had taken every piece of paperwork I had that was in my condo and put it together. And I found that I had writer's block, of course, at least the first night. So I started separating things. I ended up bringing all my taxes up. I had put them on hold and postponed them and legally. And I had brought a whole bunch of prayers that I'd already written for people and other things I had written. And I had a stack of other paperwork that I didn't know I had. So as I start spreading things around, I get them in piles and then I go to bed because it's been an extremely long day. It's now 11 o'clock in Michigan, which is 12 o'clock my time in my own hometown. I get up when I wake up the next morning, I don't set a time clock and I go to the grocery store because there's no food in the house. And the first time in my life, I stood in the grocery store and went, wow, what am I going to get for me? I had never gone to the grocery store just for me. I'd always gone for my mother or my cats or my mate or my friends. I had never shopped for what I wanted. To my surprise, I bought a lot of fruit and vegetables. I am not a fruit person. I really don't like fruit. That's what I found I bought. I also bought some shrimp and I bought a steak thinking I'll have a steak tonight. And I met a woman who turned out to be my very first prayer for the book. It is not the very first prayer in the book and it is called sisters. She had a migraine and I have some talents. I can see energy and I could see her headache. And I asked her if I could get rid of it for her. She also had her hand wrapped up in a splint. Turns out she was having surgery the next morning. So I went to her and I started, I took her to the side of part of the, um, the grocery store and there was a bench and I had her sit in front of me and I worked on her and I did some energy work. I did uh, some massage. And then I asked her as I hit certain trigger points, I said, on a one to 10, where's your headache? It started out as like a 9.5. And when I was finished, it was a two. So then I did some work on her arm and she told me the story about her sister and how she'd been so healthy. And then she had taken care of their mother and their mother had died. And shortly after that, her sister was no longer healthy. So that particular part of the book is called Sisters, Love and Devotion. I left there inspired. I did not have a printer, so I hand wrote the prayer, knowing that I was going to get it to her that evening. I had to get it to her that evening because she was going to be out of work for a while. And that day I wrote 5,000 words. That was not a lot. Not a lot at all. <laughs> I was disappointed. I was on day two of my 
being there or day four of actually my trip because I had made a couple of detours and I was not prepared mentally. So I went outside after I dropped off the letter, I went outside and I cooked my steak. And as I was sitting outside eating my steak, I happened to notice a deer and her beautiful fawn. And I thought, I cannot eat meat during the entire time I am writing this story. Can't do it. If you want to connect with angels, you need to raise your vibration. So I wrapped up the meat because I'm not wasteful. And I said, when I'm done with this book, I will finish and honor this piece of meat, this cow. I will not waste it. The shrimp was a whole different ballgame. I had shrimp several times in the morning as a stir fry or as dinner during my what turned out to be 10 days of being there. The next day, I woke up and I started writing. Because I'd also, after eating, I had gone through the paperwork and I had found several interesting items. I'd found that I had brought my mother's poems. There are two of them that are in the book. I had found my father's military records that the military said he didn't have. He actually had five tours of duty and was a highly decorated man. And if you read the book, my father's and my relationship was not the best. And I loved him dearly with all my heart. The same with my mother. They were my monsters. And I used to call my mother my momster. M-O-M-S-T-E-R. And I loved them. They were beautiful people and they were funny and full of life. And (laughs) with a snap of a finger, all of a sudden you had somebody else you were dealing with and it didn't really matter. I learned to adjust. And that's how come I think going to all these religions, I got to understand that everybody's opinion counts and everybody's opinion is not necessarily going to be mine. There will be devout Christians that look at me and say, you don't say we're a hundred percent right. And they're not going to like me. And then there's Muslims and Jewish people and myriad of Christian religions I know I said that already, as well as you've got Confucianism and and Taoism and um, there's one I'm forgetting right now, which is okay. I have studied them all. I've read all the text. I couldn't tell you because of head injuries, what volume, what page. I do not quote the Bible. I do not quote the Quran or the Bahaga Gavita. I don't quote any of them. I have one quote in my book. And that's it. That's because 
<laughs> I've had head injuries and it makes life interesting for me as far as remembering numbers and quotes. Anyway, this sweet little book, this fabulous little book is written so you may have hope. The chapters, chapters, well, it's dedicated, prayer when you don't have the words, is dedicated to all those who are in pain and need hope. The contents or the dedication, which I just read, the introduction, which I didn't read, the preface, acknowledgments, and then we go into service and love. First chapter is journey to service. Second is giving thanks. Third is my favorite. It's forgiveness. It is my story about my family to a small extent. And it's about how I, I learned forgiveness. That it's not for me. Oh, excuse me. It is for me. It is not for the other person. They do not have to say they're sorry. They do not have to feel sorry. You have to realize that they're on their own journey, their own path. And we are here to learn. And boy, did I learn a lot of lessons. And many of them show up in this particular story. And it starts out with a story about why I wrote the prayer, the prayer I wrote for somebody, and then fill in the blank. The fill in the blank is for any religion. Because even in the Christian religion, you have dear God, dear Jesus, dear, it just goes on and on and on. You go into the Catholic religion, it goes on and on and on. You don't, there's so many people you can pray to. So many saints, so many angels, so many, only one God. You go into the Muslim religion, you go into the Jewish religion. There's 72 names for God and several of them are non-speakable. And then you go into the Hindu religion and you have the big God and then you've got the little gods, which honestly I believe are angels because they do the same thing as the angels do. But that's my own personal belief from all the studies I've done. And you don't have to believe as I believe. And you still can use the prayers or not. Because I even say when you use the prayers, if you're uncomfortable with certain words, just leave them out. This is a format to use to have a prayer when you don't have the words. So on page five is forgiveness. Then we have love of family and of a mate. And then I have what I call the male or female order to God. And this one I did to get the man in my life. He was 80% of everything on my list. And the bottom of my list said, God, if you have somebody better for me that I can learn my lessons through, please send him because maybe I don't know 
exactly what I'm supposed to have. And over the years, he's gotten to be about 88%. We're in 22 years now. The next one is Love Illusions and Broken Hearts. This is about somebody I know who fell in love with somebody and they treated her like gold and then all of a sudden ghosted her. Unrequited love. Same thing. Truth in a relationship. And then my mother's poem, first poem in the book, Frozen Tears. The next section, Prosperity, Clarity, Joy, and Peace. About prosperity is the first chapter, clarity is the second, flow of money is the third, and the fourth, depression, guilt, peace of mind, and joy. The next one was a hard one, and it's one that a lot of my family members and my friends have found to be very powerful. It's children in the life cycle. My family has lost an exorbitant amount of babies and of adolescents and early adults. And I have other friends who couldn't have children. And the first one is on having children. First of children life cycle is having children. The second is caregiving and aging. Caregiving is the next one and aging is the next one. And that is all about the sisters. No, it's not. That's all about as we progress. Death and healing is the next section. Unexpected passing of a child is the first one. This is where my family was lost children. My, um, one relative lost a 29-year-old daughter unexpectedly. And I wrote this prayer just as if I were her. So you can feel the pain in it. You can feel the exasperation of people telling her how she's supposed to feel. Passing of a parent of a young child or adolescent, as I was on my way up to write this book, one of my niece's ex-husbands died unexpectedly in a freak accident. And his two boys were left without a father. It was a horrific death. And the children needed a prayer. Suicide is the next one. I came back from Egypt. I'd gone to Egypt in 2001 before everything happened. And when I came back, I didn't answer the phone for a friend. I was tired. I was exhausted. The story of my going to Egypt is a whole entire book. And I just couldn't deal with his drama at that time. I was unaware that he was going to hang himself 10 minutes after I made that call or didn't make that call actually. And his son found him. And so I wrote this prayer for him. He's no longer in pain. I wrote a prayer for a person who has taken their own life and a prayer for their family and friends. I want wrote one for mental health 
one for grief and devotion and sisters. This is the one that I wrote to start with and devotion and healing. As I was putting the book together, another friend of mine lost part of their hand in a freak accident at work. So I wrote a book called Lost Limbs and Paralysis because I had another friend who was paralyzed. Then I wrote one about someone with a life-threatening illness. And I happen to know that one personally. I didn't know it at the time, but I have one. Not that it matters. It's just we're, we all got a time stamp and I don't know when mine is. I just know that I have a condition that uh, isn't fixable according to modern medicine. <laughs> but I've died four times and I'm still here. My mother wrote another prayer that I grabbed. It's called Mercy with Death. I love this poem. It was so perfect. The next section is called Servicemen, Women, and Tyranny. First one is Protector of Our Country and Military, Prisoners of War and Those Missing in Action, Policemen and Women, Firemen and Women, First Responders and EMS. Thank you, God, for them. Actually, thank you, God, for all of these, but uh, first responder decided he wasn't going to take dead as an answer with me, and uh, angels were talking to me on the other side, and henceforth, I'm still here. Leaders, local, state, national, world. I kind of wish I had expounded on this more, but I wanted to keep it kind of generic for all the countries. I didn't know what we were in for in the United States. And uh, all I can say is God bless the world with whatever decisions we make. The next one's terrorism. I have no understanding of terrorism. And I did a prayer. And I wrote this book before we were aware that we had a problem with this next chapter. South American and the Children Crisis. I had heard on the BBC that we had children crossing the border without their parents. And some of the children were carrying children. And even though I don't have children, I love children. And the idea that a child is suffering is enough to make me furious. So I did a prayer. And then I wrote one on terror, tyranny. Because if the children weren't experiencing tyranny in their own country, then there would be no problem with the children crossing boundaries, borders, without parents. No parent would send their child on their own. Not a good parent anyway. The next chapter, it's very personal to me, Addictions, Neighbors, and God. First chapter of this section is Getting Drug Dealers Out of Your Neighborhood. I've had to use this prayer several times. Correct Decision Making. This is for those people that are doing drugs or just making poor decisions. Prayer for Correct Decision Making. 
pardon my <laughs> stuttering prayer for correct decision making let go and let god in other words turn it over to god don't try to control it it's like i tried to control the money i tried to control where i was going to go and how i was going to get there and as soon as i let it go all the money came in the place showed up it was fabulous oh and by the way there was a waterfall a mile away from where i was staying i didn't talk to anybody except for six people the entire time in that 10 days that was up there it was awesome myself and the deer and the fawn and the birds and the squirrels and the chipmunks we were happy i didn't have any music i didn't have any television i didn't have any internet i just had a laptop and all that paperwork with all these wonderful things in it so my next section is called journeys and new beginnings i love traveling more than anything <laughs> that you could possibly do and the first one's called moving on second one one of my editors has made comments about this one prayer for selling property and moving forward she had a daughter who had inherited a piece of property from a father that had nothing to do with her and she needed to sell the property and so i wrote the prayer i also same prayer that was used for my mother-in-law's two pieces of property which sold like within oh they sold within days of them writing down the same prayer i had putting in their names and their dates and their wants filled in the blanks and what happened is Marion sold the one that she had first said I could go stay in then she sold the one in Georgia and they were coming up to Michigan and I needed to be out of there before they came up and they sold for cash and they sold for the amount that they asked for now my friend Peggy Ravenwolf who is in the book and won't mind me talking about her her daughter I told her that she was going to get a couple of offers on it don't take the first one and kind of wait a little bit on the second one and see if they don't offer you more and it was sold by the second offer they raised the offer a second time and it was cash payment with no inspection as is and it closed in 15 days i highly recommend that one if you're trying to sell a property then finding a job and a place to live that one has worked very well too and finding a home that one i use for my my brother and his wife and they found a home I told them that it would be the first home that they wanted to look at but it would be the last home they looked at and they were going to look at a whole bunch of them before they 
went on with it, which is exactly what happened. They were going to come home. They'd given up and the house that they were looking at had dropped almost $20,000. And my brother walked in and he said, this is it. This is my new home. And they live there now. I miss them. I also wrote one on traveling and flying. Some people are afraid of flying. I love flying. The next one is Earth and all our relations. There is rumor that I may have some Native American Indian blood. I'm not going to go around saying I do until I actually have it tested. And I have worked. When I say I've studied all religions, I have actually worked with uh, shamans and medicine men and medicine women, several of them over my lifetime. So the first one's Mother Earth, then weather, cleanup and integrity. Oh, wait, I live in Florida. We get hurricanes. Cleanup is a bear. And the integrity of those that are helping you clean up is also a bear. So this prayer was very poignant, very powerful. And then I wrote one about oceans, lakes, rivers, forests, prairies, and their inhabitants. My next section of the book is prayer for yourself. Literally, prayer for yourself. And then pray without ceasing. I myself can hear myself continually doing a prayer as the day goes on. If I shut down my mind, there's a God bless so-and-so. There's, please God, I need to be a better servant of yours. That is my goal, to serve the one God, which our whole world has. Those that believe in a God, it's just one. My personal belief with many, 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 many names. Then my other story is about my walk with Jesus. It's called How I Came to Believe. First chapter is my parents and grandmother Dobbs. My grandmother was a difficult lady. This is my father's mother. My father was a difficult man, and my mother was passive-aggressive in ways that I had no idea. The next chapter is The Man in the White Dress, my first angelic experience. I was about three and a half, almost four. Many years later, the next chapter, Head On with a Mack Truck, December 11th, 1985. That was a day that I wasn't having a near-death experience. That was a day I was declared dead and put on along the side of the road. And I had angelics who gave me a choice to come back and do what I came here to do or stay with them. The next one is called Angels. The next one is having a hissy fit. I don't go into much detail on having a hissy fit. I did something stupid. I did a stupid human stunt. And it almost, 
almost killed me. Problem is, the angels were laughing at me at that time. And they said, you think you're coming home now? You have things to do. And I remember thinking, ah, no, this is going to (laughs) hurt. I had no idea. After the first time being hit with a head-on, you would think, yeah, that hurt really bad. It hurt for years. I had headaches, still have headaches. I still have problems with my body because of it. But this other one, this stupid one, it, it hurt in a whole different way. It, body, mind, spirit, and soul. It was a wake-up call. And then I got sick. Really, really sick. And the next one is called Many Rooms. And the next one's I Walked with Jesus. And what I found was that I walked with Jesus completely around the heavens. It was a marvelous journey. It was something I would not ever undo. And I was angry afterwards that I had been brought back to life. And that's in the story. For future references, there will be another book. It's going to take a little while. I have to get this one going. And I want to thank you for your attention. This gives you kind of an outline as to what to expect. I'm going to do a chapter or two chapters, depending on how long they are, once a week. And then I will start on my next one. God bless everyone and have a fabulous day.